Welcome to the PR department podcast. You're through to Katie Braden. I am your host. This is a podcast all about PR by a PR. You guessed it. How many times can we say PR in the first, what is it, 15 seconds? Take a shot every time she says PR. Um, so for those of you who don't know me, maybe we haven't connected on social media yet. I am a PR, I'm freelance. Um, I've worked alone for coming up to six years now. It'll actually be six years in April, which is actually crazy. Like where has that time gone? I would love to know. Um, so yeah, this podcast has kind of been born out of a love for longer form content um over lockdown you know throughout the pandemic a lot of us had a lot more time um including me and I started recording like 10 20 minute IGT videos on different topics covering like PR education behind the scenes with press influencers and people seem to really enjoy it I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed putting out the content. I enjoyed putting it together. And then, uh, you know, lockdown kind of lifted and life went crazy. Like the business, my clients, it was chaotic. Um, As for many people, it was like, you know, the restrictions were lifted and then it was like a free for all. Like, I don't think I've ever done so many launches or projects in such a short period of time, Um, which obviously is such a blessing, like booked and busy and all that jazz. But at the same time, the things that I was doing for myself and for my own business, 100% like got neglected. It was on the back burner. Um, By the time I then circled back, oh my god, I actually hate myself for saying circled back at the beginning of January, kill me. (laughs) So by the time I literally circled back and thought, right, okay, I'm gonna get back into my social media content, let me make some IGTVs, Instagram decided that IGTV was no more. And I just had to post these videos that take like a lot of time and effort as like a regular post. Um... So you're here, I'm guessing you have an interest in like PR, behind the scenes, social media, etc. So you'll know as well as I, if you post a video as a post, like a normal post, it's going nowhere, like no one is seeing that video. So again, I was back to square one and I thought, okay, do you know what, like TikTok reels, this is where we are, this is the world we live in. I need to just get on board and make a point in 60 seconds. Um, Well, you're here, you're in the podcast, so you know that I 100% can't do that because it is, I've been speaking for three minutes and I'm yet to make a point. So that just is my point. (laughs) That's the point. So I put my head down and thought, okay, I consult brands, like I make campaigns, I I'm a PR, I consult on social media, I build brands through social media, through influencers, through press. Um, I cannot have a terrible social media strategy. Like, you know, it's kind of like, do as I say, not as I do. So I thought long form is definitely for me. That's what I like. I like education. I like sharing behind the scenes. Great. Where can I do that? So the only place for me that I feel is worth the work putting something together and then putting it out because obviously Instagram is not worth it for me right now is a podcast so here we are and at a grand four minutes 
this is why the podcast exists. <laughs> Welcome to the first episode. Um, to be honest, I don't know where this is going to go, where this journey is going to take me. Um, and neither do you. So that's exciting. We're on it together. Fine. Um, if you want to head over to Instagram and follow the PR department podcast over there, that would be amazing because that's the place where you can engage with me, you know, before, after, in between episodes. Um, I will definitely be taking any feedback. Love that. Um, I'll be asking you questions. I'll be giving you the opportunity to like share your experiences and your stories. Um, someone gave me an amazing idea a few weeks ago um, on my Instagram, which is at Casey Braden PR. Um, where they said I should take like anonymous stories from other people who work in the industry and share them because they're part of the behind the scenes that never gets shared. Um, Slightly off on a tangent here, but I think one of the reasons why people enjoyed my IGTV content over lockdown was because PR, marketing, the world of influencers, the world of social media, the world of advertising it's so closed off to the average person. Like the average person does not know what goes into these big campaigns that you see or how these influencers grow so fast or how they earn their money or how they work with brands. You know, the list is endless. So when I started sharing, you know, that little peek behind the curtain, it is, I mean, I find it fascinating. It's my job. Obviously I do it every day. I love it. But to the average person, and also to other people working within my industry, I think the insight is, it's really exciting to see. And I think there's going to be a lot of questions. Um, and, you know, with sharing that behind the scenes, it comes with the good and the bad. So that's where the anonymous stories kind of come in. Um, you know, as PRs, we don't speak really publicly ever. Um, it's quite like, an industry standard thing of like if something bad happens you just don't share it because you don't want to be that person that sort of you know badmouths an influencer or says something they shouldn't say or you know says something about a member of press that maybe isn't the best like you don't want to be that person because being a PR you know you're basically an arm extension off of the brand brands don't want that um so traditionally PRs are always very secretive very quiet hence why the industry is so closed and people really don't know much about it because we just don't share um but I think it's good to share you know this isn't about bashing people or you know calling people out like that is this is not the space for that um but I think, as I said, you know, that little peek behind the curtain, the behind the scenes, I think it's interesting. Um, so hopefully other people will think it's interesting. Otherwise, I'm just going to sit here week on week talking to myself, <laughs> which is great. Please don't make me do that. Please tune in. That would be great. Um, so I thought I would just take the the first episode to introduce myself tell you where I've come from, where I'm at. Um, so you can have that in mind, basically, as I'm, you know, discussing things in next episodes. Um, I think something that's become very clear to me over the l last few years whilst I've been working for myself 
is that when I talk to people around me, you know, the brand founders, influencers, clients, etc, etc, I will always, always, always come at things with a PR perspective. Like, even if I'm talking about something in a social setting that is nothing to do with PR, like, I am a PR at heart. Like, my mind thinks like a PR. And that sounds really, really cliche. But I know if there are any PRs listening, like, you'll know what I mean. Like, you view the world in a different way and you view you know, social media in a different way, you view advertising in a different way, which has a huge impact on how you see things. Um, So I think that is something that's important to say. You know, even if I'm discussing something that's very industry related or something that is like pop culture, I'm always coming at it from a PR perspective, hence why you are in the PR department, (laughs) hence the name. (laughs) So yeah, I came from a very uncanny background um I get asked all the time if I did like a comms degree or like what I studied at uni in order to get into this job because along with the industry the process of getting in and actually getting a job and the qualifications you need and all this kind of thing that's also like very closed and secretive um so a lot of people are like oh I love the the idea of being a PR I want to be a PR but I don't know how to do it. I don't even know where to start. Um, So that's not what the episode is going to be on today, but I thought I would just share my little journey. So I was a dancer my whole life. Um, I was always, always training. Um, I did multiple, multiple different forms of dance. Um, I ended up at uh, the London Contemporary Dance School. Um, I am originally from Swansea, I should mention that. Originally from Swansea in Wales, I moved to London when I was 17, 18 to go to the London Contemporary Dance School. So I was set, I was going to be a professional dancer. It was all like living the dream, Disney, Disney magic. Brilliant. So I do my um, my three years, I get my degree um, and, you know, I'm in the world of it. I'm in the industry, I'm living in London. And I realize, um, yep, this isn't for me. This is not for me. Um, I'm the type of person who likes stability in a lot of senses, like in a financial sense, in, you know, like I, I'd like to know where I'm sleeping next week. I'd like to be able to know if I can afford my rent. Um, I also really like, um, fairness. So what I mean by that is like, you work really hard and then the energy that you put out is the energy you get back. Like you get the reward at the end. So if you study really, really hard, like you get the degree, okay? With dance and the dance industry, that is not the case. You can work so hard, put in all the hours and the work under the sun and there's still a chance that you won't get there. Like you won't get the reward at the end. Um, I was starting to learn as well towards the end that it was like massively based on the way that you looked and the way that your body naturally was which makes the industry very toxic um because you're almost being judged like a model not as an athlete um which is challenging because you put so much physical hard work in and then you go into an audition and it's like oh you're not blonde so you can't get the job even if you're the best in the room so that was something I struggled with and that was something that was like an eye-opener for me. I was like, this isn't for me. So this is basically 
the point in my life where I fail majorly for the first time. Like I feel like this decision to not be a professional dancer anymore is like the biggest failure of life. Um, But I think over the years, how I handled that failure and turned it into something else is something that I continue to do day to day in the running of my business and also in being a PR. So I decide, you know, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to do something else, but I have no idea what I'm going to do. But obviously, I've just decided I don't want to be a professional dancer anymore. In my eyes, this is a huge failure. So the second question is, what am I going to do? Am I going to move home? Like, because that would be like a a double failure. That would be like failure times 10. Not only have I decided I don't want to be a professional dancer, but I've now decided that I'm leaving London and I'm moving home. So that wasn't an option for me. I was like, there's no way. I've already failed once. I'm not failing twice. So I stay in London. Um, I probably shouldn't have. I definitely did not have the money to. Um, I At this point, I'm like self-funded. So I had my student loan, obviously, to a certain extent. Um, but then that was it. So I was working weekends, evenings, you know, working as much as I could, trying to get super cheap rent, house shares, the lot. Um, if you've lived in a city, let alone lived in London with no money, you know it's not easy and it's not fun. So that's where I'm at. Um, I then start working in a lingerie boutique, uh, which is incredible. They're called Tallulah Lingerie and it's based in Angel in Islington. So, um, small break to shout them out because honestly, it's the most incredible, like in-person lingerie experience. Like I actually didn't know how the process of fitting a bra even worked until I worked there. And as a woman, I think it's an experience everyone should have. Anyway, sidetrack. Uh, so I was working there and I was just helping out with sales. So I was part-time, I was doing sales and that was that, you know, I was just trying to find my feet. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, so I was really passionate about this boutique that I worked in, as you can tell from the little <laughs> intermission of what I just said about it. Um, and I loved the owner, Nicola, the owner, I loved her. So I was like, okay, I'm spending my days here. I don't know what I want to do. So I may as well like put my energy into something. I might as well, you know, give it a hundred percent because that's what I've always done. Um, you know, even when I was trying to push through the whole dance thing, I was still giving 110% and this was no different. So I decided to start like helping her out with Instagram, like taking content, posting. And I also launched a blog for her website. So I was writing the content for that and, you know, taking pictures and doing the scheduling and all this stuff. So this must have been like going on like seven or eight years ago. So Instagram, you know, Instagram was a thing, blogging was a thing, but it wasn't like a thing like it is now, if that makes any sense. Um, so yeah, I was just doing it because I enjoyed it and I needed more sort of fulfillment in my day aside from the sales thing. I wanted to give more to what I was doing. So that was that. I was just doing this. It was fun ticking along. Um, so then I read, uh, Kelly Catrone's book. Um, it's called, if you have to cry, go outside. Um, and if you don't know who Kelly Catrone is, uh, I'm really like showing my, my generation here, my age. So from the Hills, 
Um, obviously, they then go to New York to work at People's Revolution and then the city happens. So the episodes in the city, um, they work at People's Revolution, which is a PR company owned by Kelly Catrone. So Kelly Catrone is like an absolute like badass, like New York PR woman, businesswoman. And I always thought she was incredible. So I bought her book anyway. I read it. And at this moment in time, like, considering I'm so lost, like, I've just endured a huge failure in life. I feel like I don't want to know what I'm doing. I'm just kind of plodding along. I have no direction. I'm trying to live in this mega expensive city. I read this book and the only thing I can describe it as is I just felt like I'd found my track. Like, everything that she talks about and explains in the book I was like I can see myself in this position like I can see myself doing this job I felt like her beliefs really fitted with mine I felt like her personality and her views on life really like connected with me and I know all of this sounds very like you know follow the stars kind of vibe but honestly like this is how it happens so here we are (laughs) this is the story I can't change it to make it sound less Disney this is what it is so anyway I follow Kelly on social media as you do um and I followed her on Twitter this was a long time ago and the next day after I followed her she tweeted um all of my London PR girls check out and then she tagged a PR agency so to me this was like my stars align moment I was like this is my moment like I've just really connected with this person and now all of a sudden this tweet has landed in my lap so I look up the agency that she tagged I find their email um and I would actually love to find the email that I sent them because I would probably actually turn inside out and die if I read it now but I basically sent them an email along the lines of um I'm really raw I have no experience I basically have nothing to give you but all I want to do is be in your environment and like shadow you and learn like I want to know how this works I want to (laughs) know what you do I just want (laughs) to it's basically like a needy child like I just want to be around you kind of vibe um and I never expected anything from that but I then got an email back for them saying that they would love to meet me and like <laughs> I don't know what they were thinking honestly but they didn't tell me like they didn't give me an interview if that makes sense so they weren't like oh meet at this place at this time for this it was like we'd love to meet you full stop <laughs> so I had to kind of this is where my natural PR instinct kicked in obviously and if you can't detect the sarcasm in my voice I do apologize that was sarcasm and satire so my natural PR drive kicked in um I then googled them I found their office I realized that their office was around the corner from where I lived and worked um in Islington and I decided that I would just go and just say that I had a meeting at a certain time because in my head I was like well you know they were obviously interested in me they wanted to meet me they just didn't say when or where so I'll just fill in the gaps so that's what I did I filled in the gaps um I turned up to their office and I remember rocking up to their reception and being like oh yeah I have a meeting at one o'clock and obviously they were really confused because that meeting didn't exist but there I was 
Um, and I ended up getting into the meeting with I can't remember the person's exact job title who I ended up meeting with um but it was someone really high up anyway um and long story short the meeting ended up going well and they were actually looking for an assistant like an intern um it was unpaid as the majority of the opportunities were at that level back then I mean now you can't do that but then you definitely could and that was like the way to do it so um, I was working part-time in this lingerie boutique so I decided that I would then intern for free um, on the other days so I would do like a few days at this PR agency and I would then do a few days at the boutique where I would be paid um, so that was that I was going to do that so I ended up getting my foot in the door there um, I was interning there I wasn't being paid I was like really really enthusiastic to be there like I was absolutely buzzed to be there so I really really went above and beyond like for this unpaid internship like anything that I could do that was extra I was doing it anything that I could learn I was doing it any little second that I could like you know sit with someone and do something or help with something or show that I was like really really keen I was doing it I was all over it um that finally paid off um because three weeks in um I was pulled into a meeting and they basically said that having me there part-time uh didn't work for them it wasn't working for them and my little heart was like oh god like this is so annoying because I really don't want to leave here um and they said listen we want to bring you in um we'll match what you're being paid at the boutique if you want to come and work here full-time because we need you here every day so I was like overjoyed um my boss at the boutique was so supportive and understanding and she let me go so bear in mind like back in the day I didn't even really know like what a salary was or like how much I should have been paid for things so I was just happy with that like honestly for so many years I was just happy to pay my rent because I was in the sort of professional dancer mindset where you were in like no money so I was just like oh sweet I can pay my rent and that was like good enough for me so I wasn't going into it like oh I want 25k and I'm not taking any less like that was not it um I was like sweet I can pay my rent done take it so I took it um and I was there full time and I moved really really quickly because I was honestly I was that annoying person that was everywhere like I had my fingers in every pie I was like talking to everyone all the time I was constantly like pushing for more pushing for more like trying to get more um what's the word responsibility like trying to take as much work on as I possibly could to like show that I could do this and that I was learning so fast um so yeah I worked there I'm not sure how long I think it was like a matter of months to be honest and um someone then got fired on Christmas Eve which was crazy and it was the account exec for one of their biggest accounts so in agency you usually will have like a management team then you've got your account execs that work and do like the bulk of the work across all of the accounts so the accounts being the clients like the brands and then you have like all of the interns so that's like a really simple like sandwich structure of how it works so one of the account execs on one of the biggest clients that they had got fired um and I was offered to take her place so this is another kind of like 
Disney Disney follow the stars moment because I never ever should have had that job opportunity within the amount of time that I had it like I wasn't experienced enough um and that really ended up like being really difficult for me because I took the opportunity obviously and I was in this position but the amount of pressure and stress that came with it was like tenfold um and I was so adamant that I was I wanted to make this work and I wanted to take this because this is everything I wanted at this moment in time like this was my goal was to like get a proper role in this agency it's all I wanted um but I like in hindsight I was not ready and the amount of pressure that I undertook um this was possibly like the start of like a roll downhill for my mental health um which ended up like crashing and burning and then I had to rebuild um so anyway I spent my time here and I was working across predominantly um high street fashion brands so that's what I was doing um so this ended up coming to an end um I'll probably go into that in a different episode um but I then moved on to a a really really high-end menswear agency um which was the complete opposite of where I'd been I'd been doing high street fashion which is run in a certain way and then I was doing high-end um so for those of you who don't know in terms of seasons like high street fashion is very fast extremely fast actually so you'll have collections dropping all the time like seasonal trend pieces like there's constantly things coming but when you're working on high end they work on um a two show a year schedule so it's based around fashion weeks as opposed to like just dropping collections willy-nilly um so this was like again another a whole new world for me and I basically had to learn from the ground up again because the experience that I'd had in the high street fashion agency, it, you know, I could use it and I could adapt it, but it was very, very different. Um, so I ended up doing, um, I think it was about six months in this agency and I loved it. I had so many incredible experiences, like the opportunities that I had, like to be in the room with certain people I never, ever, ever would have had access to before. Um absolutely insane like I was you know doing fashion weeks and like these amazing events and like dealing with celebrities and dealing with artists like it was it was a dream honestly um but there was one issue with this agency and that was the fact that they worked seasonally because they are a high-end agency so they'd sort of like work for a certain amount of months of the year and then they would take like a large chunk of time off so obviously for the owners like that's amazing but for the people who work there i.e me um you know it didn't work because then i wouldn't get paid uh so i was like right i need to find something that is more of a like a traditional structure you know like a salary job um and i was searching and searching and searching and i found an opening in a beauty department at another agency So by this point, I've done high street fashion, I've done high end fashion, and now I'm going into beauty. Um, So I'd never done beauty before. Again, it comes with its own like set of internal rules and systems and things I didn't know. So again, I was kind of, you know, starting a little bit further back than maybe I would have liked to. But I started off in this agency. um, And, you know, this is where I got into beauty 
I learned so much about the industry, so much about all the brands. I was working under the most incredible team. So also on the whole like mental health train, like this is probably where I hit my pinnacle. Um, No, pinnacle is like high, isn't it? Like what's the opposite of pinnacle? Like low, 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 low. I hit my, um, (laughs) I was about to say, this is where the Welsh comes out. I was about to say my valley (laughs) of mental health. Like envision this, like you're in a valley, right? You've hit the bottom of the valley. Like that's me. That was my mental health. Um, It was really bad. It was really bad. I was really struggling. Um, And honestly, the people around me at at that time, um, I think they knew. I don't think they knew how bad it was, but they knew that I was struggling. And honestly, the support and love they showed me throughout was incredible and part of the reason why I think I was able to move on and become successful was because I was surrounded by those people and that good influence so anyway I did I worked in this beauty agency and I fell in love with it I really fell in love with it I really um preferred the industry to fashion um it has quite a different vibe as I'm sure you can imagine um, and I just loved the clients. Like I had a few hair salon clients that I was obsessed with. Like I loved like making campaigns for them and they were the always, always the ones that were doing really, really well for me. So I was getting really good coverage for these clients. It was fantastic. So um, the issue came with um, how much I was being paid, to be completely honest. Um, at the time I was working three jobs. So I had my, you know, my nine to five agency job where I was doing PR. Then I was working in a bar at night. And then I was working in a boutique at the weekend. So I was working three jobs. Um, I did work it out at one point. I think I was working like between 90 and a hundred hours a week. Um, it was really quite insane, but you know, to be able to pay for my life and pay for my rent. Um, that's what I had to do. And that's basically where the issue was because I was doing so much. I was so tired. I was so exhausted. Um, and I just, I didn't feel like I was being paid for that. I didn't feel like, you know, I was being supported in a financial sense. So this is where my eyes started to go astray if you will I started to look at other options um you know other job opportunities etc I was my eyes were open basically and it was only for that reason because the money wasn't right and it was causing me issues in how I was living my life so I ended up going to a launch party for not another salon um they were opening we heard about it I think it was on we saw it on Instagram um and the guys who were in charge of the agency they were like yep go to the launch party like we would love to bring them on as a client um like go and see what you can do so I went to the launch party with the idea of like introducing myself and like bringing them in to have like a meeting with the agency or even just suggesting that they connect So I ended up speaking to the owner, Sophia Hilton, um, at the party and she was like really keen on the fact that I was a PR and she wanted to have a conversation and I was like buzzing about that. I like couldn't even believe that I had, she like took the time to talk to me because obviously it was her launch party and it was such a big deal. Um, So I was like really, really chuffed with that. 
I ended up having a chat to her and she made it really, really clear to me from the outset that she was not interested in working with an agency. She was only interested in working with like an individually, uh, an individually, an individual, um, like a private contract. And if you don't know, when you work for a PR agency, you don't have the ability to take your own contracts. Like it's really, really like taboo. You don't do that. You don't take clients outside of your agency. So to put it in perspective, if you did that, you'd get fired basically. So that wasn't an option for me at all. So I kind of parked the idea because I thought, you know what, I can't do that like park it and we kind of kept in touch over like a six month period where we you know we kept chatting about it and she you know suggested that I go freelance and me having my eyes open thinking what else can I do I thought maybe maybe I could go freelance but I would need to cover my life expenses um before I obviously commit to doing that So we reach a stage where um, Sophia basically is hooking up with a brand called Inalux and they are looking for her to be their global ambassador. Um, She then thinks, right, I'm going to bring Katie in on that deal and she can kind of work across both brands. This way, like, I'll be able to privately do PR for her. I can do PR for this brand new brand, Inalux, who she's now working with. And I would be able to go freelance and be able to afford everything that I needed to on that one wage before I started, you know, like, looking for my own clients. Um, so that was it. I went and I met with the the founders of Inalux. And from there, it was like, that was it. That was the start for me. That was the start of my freelance journey. Um, I handed in my notice at the agency um, and then I ended up going freelance with just Sophia and Inalux on my books to start with Um, and that was six years ago and now here we are. Um, At the moment I think I'm working at about a 10 client on average um, capacity. Um, Last year I went up to 12 clients and that was a bad idea. in reflection because I worked so so hard like it was quite insane um but now I think I'm on about eight to ten uh with like you know projects in between which is perfect so yeah that's sort of where I started um and how I kind of got into it so that's the story it's quite a long one isn't it I don't think I could have fitted that into a TikTok even if I tried (laughs) I'd be just pointing at paragraphs really quickly which nobody really enjoys. Uh, So yeah, that is, that's where I've come from. That is kind of a synopsis of the story. It's a bit of an unusual one. And whenever I tell the story, I always get the feeling that people are like, how did that happen? Like how? There must have been more to it because it's a very like luck and circumstantial based story. But that's what it was. That's how it happened. And now I'm here. Um, So to touch back on like the mental health train that I kind of threw some touch points in along the timeline. Um, So my mental health absolutely like crashed and died before I went freelance. And then the first year that I was freelancing, I was kind of coming out of it. But, you know, it sort of kind of gets worse before it gets better kind of vibe. So at that point, I was um, really struggling 
But from there, I think the move to go freelance, it was absolutely the right thing for me because from that point onwards, my mental health and how I am as a person has just gotten better and better and better. Um, So I can like honestly say six years in now, like I'm so um, content and happy with how I feel and the decisions I've made and like my work and my life and everything. But I really, really do owe that to being able to work as a freelancer because I think it just fits for me like so much better. And I honestly think if I'd have stayed an agency, like God knows what would have happened um, in terms of that side of my life. And that's not me saying that agencies are bad, like boo agencies like nobody should work for them because I don't believe that I think agencies are fantastic and they have their place but I don't think everyone is built to work in a certain way um the same as like not everyone is built to be freelance like I know some people who have gone freelance and just thought oh my god this is awful how do you do it (laughs) whereas I feel the opposite so I think it's all about you know the moral of the story is like finding what fits for you and then like running with it and sticking with it so yeah that's the end of the story well it's not the end of the story because it's episode one so it's actually the start of the story but that's a little bit about me um I hope that was interesting and I didn't like annoy your ear off (laughs) too much um and yeah I really look forward to seeing you in the episodes to come I'm so excited and I'm super happy to have you as part of this podcasting journey with me So I will catch you soon.